Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey there, my name is Ricky Smith, and I'm the founder of Random Acts of Kindness Everywhere, a nonprofit that simply does exactly what it says. Promote kindness everywhere. We know the world is crazy right now. If you are searching for a podcast that has a deeper conversation about race, my co-host Angel Gray and I will be discussing everything going on right now on our podcast, Random Acts of Podcast on Blue Wire Podcast Network. To find out more, go to rakenow.org. Enjoy the show. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Here's your host, John Chapman. All right. It has been a minute. <laughs> I'm so glad to be back with everybody. This is awesome. Uh, and, you know, I'm going to get into why the absence and all those crazy things. But before we do that, I just want to say uh, the support, the community that has been built through the 49ers Rush podcast has been awesome. The amount of comments, emails, uh, private messages, all those things, man, it's been great. And it, it's only been two weeks. <laughs> we, we've been on for two weeks. And, uh, you know, the longest break we've had in the four-year tenure that is, you know, the 49ers Rush podcast. And uh, hopefully, you know, we, we can kind of change that. But I, I'm so glad to see everybody back. I've seen the countdown crew fill up. And I got to start with that. Um, one, if you were following me on Twitter, uh, you were able to take part. We had three lucky winners win a <laughs> FaceTime opportunity with Jerry Rice himself and receive an autographed jersey. That was our autographed picture. That was awesome. Really, really cool to be able to see some people go through that. And then also our countdown crew. You know, we're in a new month, and we have our Countdown Crew giveaway. And I already see the winner. He's already here. Um, again, we'll have details for how the Countdown Crew works 
moving forward at the end of this episode. But uh, the very first month giveaway is this bad boy right here. Um, homemade drawing, not by me. Um, you'll be able to see that in the details of where to get this. It's uh, Javon Kinlaw, the 49ers' first overall draft pick. Um, number 13, I actually traded back number 14 overall. That goes to Sergio Gonzalez, who uh, just want to say thank you, Sergio, for always being one of the first ones here. And we're going to have another one here in another three weeks. And so we've got another drawing and some other 49ers rush stuff we're going to be giving away. All you've got to do is jump on whenever we go live, whether on Hot Mic, Twitch, Periscope, Twitter, YouTube, wherever. Just comment hashtag CC or Countdown Crew um, as Sergio has done time and time again. So thank you guys for your support and to be a part of that. Obviously, you've got to hit the alert button. So that is kind of what's key there. So Sergio, I need you to email me, 49ersRushPodcast at gmail.com or uh, you can reach out to me on Twitter through my DMs. They're always open for everybody. Um, and yeah, just let me know where I could send that to you. So I'll cover all the shipping and expenses. It's pretty awesome. Uh, you can frame that and hang that up wherever you want. So here's what we've got today. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. You know, I'm pretty excited because anytime <laughs> you guys have an idea, you got to let me know. Um, this whole podcast, and it's probably going to be a two-parter because I'm going to talk too damn much. It's been too long was brought on by Greg, and um, he's, you know, Twitter handle at Goro1680. He said, John, when you do return, you should do an all-NFC West team to see how many 49ers make the team, and I thought that was just awesome. Love the idea, and decided, you know what? Yeah, we're going to do that. Uh, <laughs> we're we're going to do that. So that's what I've been spent the past two days on since he asked me about that, and went ahead and went through the entire NFC West, offense, defense, special teams, just like the NFL does. And I did my preseason NFC West all pro team. Now we might not we might just get through the offense today because I want to take some time because I think this is going to set up really really well moving into the off season with where we are now. Uh, understanding your enemy and every single NFL team has the exact same goal. And that first goal is you got to win your division. So that's kind of where we're starting. And this is going to help us do that. But before we do that, I've got to take a break because I feel like I've done a little bit of a disservice. Um, I, I don't, I don't like talking about myself, um, which some of you guys may find that hard to believe. Uh, but I don't like talking about myself. I like talking about football. That's that's just what I really, really like. Uh, but we cannot be the ostrich that just shoves our head in the sand whenever things get difficult outside of football. You know, football is a leisurely activity, and I totally get that. So here's the deal, and I want you to understand where I come from and why I do what I do because. Falling into the podcast industry and talking football was not an accident by any stretch of the imagination. And for you to understand kind of what that is, I think I have to tell you a little bit of my past. Um, I didn't grow up in the best situation. This isn't a sob story by any stretch. Uh, but my dad was nowhere around. Uh, he left very, very early on. Mom in and out of prison. Uh, brothers and sisters, lots of drug activity, felons, whatever else. But what happened was... I was able to get into football at a very young age growing up in Texas, and football was everything to me. It wasn't a sport. Um, and again, where we grew up, it was predominantly Hispanic um, in the Fort Worth side, um, West Fort Worth, Texas. And what happened eventually is my family and I kind of went different ways. And a lot of it had to go back to this idea of racism, and <laughs> I couldn't stand it. I really couldn't stand it. Uh, you know, uh, just... 
basically, let me just tell you this. My half-brother, I have a lot of brothers and sisters and a lot of half-brothers and sisters, has the Confederate flag tattooed on his face. I can't make this up. Uh, needless to say, we don't talk too much. I was raised in a very racist background. I remember playing hide-and-go-seek in my grandparents' house, um, hid in the closet, and sure enough, uh, found the, the robes, <laughs> Klansmen robes in there, like... I didn't know what the hell they were at the time. It took a long time to kind of figure out what all that was. But this was the way in which I was raised. And I would hear things said about others that always made me scratch my head from a young age. As I got older in middle school and high school, playing football, football was everything for me. And my coaches were kind of the father figure that straightened my path a little bit, I guess you could say, to not mess around with the things that other people were doing. And then I'd go back home and my family would say terrible things about other races and other people. And I'm just like, no, 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 (laughs) my best friends are not like that. And eventually I had to choose. Um, I understood that there were great people on this other side that were not my blood relatives. And that made more sense for me. Now, I got into coaching and teaching at, and worked in predominantly minority areas, uh, impoverished areas. South Dallas is where I coached for about a decade, and I loved it there. It, it was amazing. I would have stayed there forever. Uh, the problem was my wife and I decided to uh, – and we're going to talk football, <laughs> but I this needs to be said, and uh, hopefully this doesn't offend people, and if it does, so be it. But what happened eventually – and I would have continued coaching and teaching at that school until I retired. Um, But we decided it was time for us to take in a couple foster kids. Um, We did that, and it was way more (laughs) than anything we could have imagined. Um, Needless to say, both the kids went through expulsions and suspensions. and They were four and nine at the time whenever we got them. They were brothers. Um, They were my adopted children now. They're my boys now. Uh, Now they are 16 and 11, and they're amazing. But... You know, they'd bounce around different foster homes. Um, They were about 10 different foster homes before us. We eventually got the opportunity to adopt them. And I remember my goal was to coach my son's football teams. And I had that opportunity. And (laughs) from the mouth of babes, you know, I'm coaching this five-year-old flag football team in Texas. And I'm just thinking with my wife, she was coaching with me as well. She's amazing, Miss Chapman. Um, And I remember my five-year-old, foster son looks up to me in the middle of practice and says can you just be my dad i don't want you to be my coach this five-year-old kid said this i was like all right i get it i get it Uh, and so what i had to do is i had to focus a lot more at home i had a bed in my office at the school coaching high school football you know one of the largest schools in the united states a very very (laughs) competitive program and i had to decide um there's no way i can give these kids what they need and what they deserve and so I had to give up coaching, and that hurt. That was a that was my identity before that. Football was my identity, and I had to figure out a way to maintain that. And that's when this happened, um, the 49ers Rush podcast. And I, I was four years in, and I love it. I don't, I don't think there's any way I can ever stop podcasting. I think it's going to continue no matter what. Um, but this brings us to where we are today. The situation that's taking place all across the United States is crazy in and of itself. Um, and it's, it, it's nuts. I got to the point where I just couldn't talk football, uh, with what was going on, uh, talking with former players, former students, former, former staff, um, talking to people all over and there was just so much pain and I wasn't sure how I could take part in that. So I decided to listen and to get involved, uh, took 
place in a number of different marches in the LA area. Um, lots of conversations, phone calls, just trying to figure things out. And I finally came to the place where it was like, hey, all right, I, I have a way, a voice, let's use it, and let's try to remedy and right some of these situations. And so what we're going to continue doing here through the 49ers Rush podcast is we are going to highlight different um, organizations that give back to the black community in an effort to help right some of these systemic issues. And I'm sorry if this bothers you. Don't care. Don't care. <laughs> this is a free podcast. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Hopefully it doesn't offend you to want to help other people. And because you want to help other people, that doesn't mean I don't want to help others. Uh, it's not exclusive. exclusive. Compassion is never exclusive. So as we move forward with the 49ers Rush podcast, now it's back to football. I do want to tell you we are going to be highlighting different organizations almost like we do for our sponsors. They don't pay me. In fact, uh, the 49ers Rush podcast and myself personally has donated to all of the charities that we are going to talk about and organizations we're going to talk about. So uh, having said that, this is the first group that I want to highlight, and then we're going to jump into the offensive side of the NFC West All-Pro team. And here's the deal. This is the Jack and Jill organization. Um, they are amazing. What they are is a social organization for mothers and their children of color. For, uh, the children have to be between 2 and 19. And what they do is they try to find places for them to serve in their community together. And what happens is social and cultural environment and everything is kind of brought up together in that. So here's what happens. Okay, um, Fostering an environment for the children to reach their fullest potentials, mother and children work alongside each other on numerous community service projects fundraising, scholarships, local uh, community outreach, all these different things. And here's one of my favorite things about this. You can give to large national charities and the NAACP and legal fund and all. Those are great things, and I've done most of those things, okay? But this is huge because it's local. You can pick your local chapter. They're all over the United States. All you have to do is go to jjsac.org. That's the Sacramento chapter. They have a San Francisco, Santa Clara, Oakland. They're all over the United States. And small donations are fine. Um, so please head over there. This is a wonderful way to give back to the community and make a difference um, in a child's life of color. And that's what it should be about. So hopefully go check that out. It's in the description here um, in the video, wherever you're watching this. You can just kind of scroll down and see that. All right, let's do this. Let's jump into some football talk. And again, the NFC West is only four teams. And as we go through this, this is my list. All right. <laughs> There's definitely room for debate, and I have erased names and typed in names and then erased that name and put the other name in. It's difficult to do because the all-pro team basically is this. It starts with what rosterable team you can put on offense and defense, which is hard in today's NFL because you go back and forth between this nickel or base defense, 12-22 personnel, all that kind of stuff, whatever. So let's start with the quarterback position. Um, probably one of the easiest to start off, and there's going to be a first team and a second team, all right? Obviously, first team is better, uh, but this is the way the AP um, writers do it, so I wanted to follow their format. So the first team quarterback's Russell Wilson. I don't think that there's any debate about that. Um, you know, I'm taking part currently with a bunch of other writers. It's called the, if you want to follow it on Twitter, uh, it's hashtag EFstartup. Um, and what it is is we cleared every single roster 
and we assigned one rider to each team. All 32 teams. I got the 49ers, obviously, and we randomized the draft order. I got number four. Well, guess what? Russell Wilson went number three overall, and that's with every single player in the NFL. Uh, Russell Wilson is that. We know who he is. Uh, it's easy to hate the dude, but he's a hell of a player. Now, we get to the second team quarterback, and this is where it's kind of rough, okay? Because you've got Jared Goff, which I'm not a big fan of. He, he was out of the equation for me, but you have Kyler Murray, and then you got Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, Kyler Murray quite possibly could be the next big quarterback. He can't be a big quarterback. He's only 5'10", 5'9". But he could be the next. (laughs) Throwing shade there, which he needs it because he's short. Um, But that's okay. Uh, (laughs) But who is the better quarterback now? If you were focused on 2020 and you could choose Jimmy Garoppolo or Kyler Murray just for one year and one year only under Kyle Shanahan, I'm taking Jimmy Garoppolo. So my second team quarterback is Jimmy Garoppolo. I have no qualms if somebody would say, "Man, that's BS." Um, let's go after you know Kyler Murray. Whatever, that's fine. Uh, I think one year of production. We haven't really seen uh, great. He couldn't win games down the stretch, and I think he could be great, but I don't think he's there now. So if if you disagree with that, that's okay. Uh, and once we go through the offense and total up these total numbers, uh, you can kind of see the the wiggle room with some of these because. I do think it's a wash. I think Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyler Murray are a little bit of a wash at this point in their careers. Uh, we'll have to see what happens. And the funny thing is they kind of started about the same. They they have the exact same amount of full-year starts. Um, so individual games, Jimmy Garoppolo's got a couple more, but not many, just 10 more games. Now let's move to running back. Each team only gets one, and this one wasn't too difficult with me for me, especially with Todd Gurley leaving. He's gone. Um, Chris Carson definitely was the first team running back. He had over 1,200 rushing yards last year alone. Um, I get Raheem Mostert. And he's my second team running back uh, for the NFC West All-Pro team. I love Raheem Mostert, and I would prefer to have him on my team over Chris Carson. However, Chris Carson did it the entire year uh, before he got injured late. Raheem Mostert came on very, very late. And let's be honest, every single running back in the world that plays in that Kyle Shanahan system is on fire. Um Raheem Mostert should be not necessarily a workhorse guy. He just should get the ball more, especially should have got the ball at least once in the first quarter of the Super Bowl. I digress. Let's move on. All right, wide receiver. Now, this one's difficult because I decided to go with um, basically a three wide receiver. Okay, that's what I wanted to do. So let's look at this. Three wide receivers make the first team and the it's a clear cut, the best wide receiver in the NFC West, not even up for debate, and he's a newbie. That's De- that's DeAndre Hopkins. I, I wish there's a huge chasm between DeAndre Hopkins and anybody else, but uh, the way that it works, you have to have three guys to start on the All-Pro team. So here we go. DeAndre Hopkins, Cooper Cup, who is just a touchdown machine, um, and Tyler Lockett. You know, Tyler Lockett went over a thousand years, and I can already tell some people are going to be upset because their rookie's not on the list. But don't fret too much. Uh, again, that first team: um, NFC West All Pros, DeAndre Hopkins, Cooper Cup, and Tyler Lockett. Now, the second team, and man, it's not really a drop off. 
Again, Cooper Cup, Tyler Lockett, you could put them in this category and vault up one of these other three guys. I think they're all very, very similar. I've got Debo Samuel. This is the second team wide receivers. Debo Samuel, DK Metcalf, and Robert Woods. Uh, some guys that I struggled with. You know, I wanted to put Larry Fitzgerald in there. Just his numbers haven't really matched it. Christian Kirk, he was another guy that could have been close. Um, Kendrick Bourne. Just a little bit on the outside for me, but and again, you know, I kept going back and forth. Who goes first, DK Metcalf or Debo Samuel? Yards, uh, I think you go DK Metcalf. Uh, you all purpose, I think you go Debo Samuel. I think that these two players are going to be linked for their entire career, and I love it. One because the United, uh, because uh, the 49ers passed on DK, uh, they could have had him, but they chose Debo instead. And now they're in the same division. Now they're on rival teams. And so these two guys will be forever linked. I, I think that the ceiling of DK Metcalf is definitely higher. But, man, how do you not love Debo's versatility in the run game? He's basically a running back slash wide receiver. He's a little bit of everything. So a lot of fun there. And, again, Robert Woods, good gosh. Uh, he's a guy that can have 120 catches you know, year in and year out. But uh, he makes the second team there. Now let's move to tight end. All right, tight end, this is zero debate. <laughs> zero debate whatsoever. George Kittle, he's the first, and there is nobody else. Now, the second team tight end was a little bit difficult because there's not a lot of prominent tight ends. Greg Olson, you got that just joined the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, but I went Tyler Higby, who had as well of a closing out the season. They didn't make the playoffs, so we didn't get to see the Rams in the playoffs. But what Tyler Higby did down the stretch um, if he is able to replicate that in 2020, you're talking about a guy that's going to be a 1,000-yard receiver, uh, but I'm just not sure they can continue using that situation for him. But uh, George Kittle, first team. Tyler Higby, second team. Let's go to the big uglies, the offensive tackles. Now, I didn't focus too much on left tackle and right tackle. I just wanted the two best tackles, okay? Because, again, we're filling out a starting roster. So the two best tackles, and this was rough for me. I think the first one is Dwayne Brown for the Seattle Seahawks. Their offensive line is pure trash, but Dwayne Brown is not. He's, I think he is the best left tackle in this, in this entire division. Now, then there's a little bit of a mix-up because you've got these three other guys that are way ahead of everybody else. It is very clear-cut. You've got Mike McGlinchey and Trent Williams and Andrew Whitworth. Well, Andrew Whitworth had his time at being one of the best tackles in all of football for a long time. Whenever he first transitioned from Cincinnati to the Los Angeles Rams, he had two years of just optimal output. Uh, but he's getting older, he's getting older, he's getting older. And Nick Bosa showed him a thing or two this year. Uh, so what I'm going to do for my first team, and I kept changing it around. <laughs> it, was, it was tough. But I'm going big silverback. Uh, Trent Williams... And Dwayne Brown will be my first team offensive tackles. Now, my second team is going to be Andrew Whitworth and Mike McGlinchey. Uh, Mike McGlinchey definitely did not have the same quality year that he did his rookie year. Uh, some injuries, um, had some stellar games that if you just watch individual games, you're going to see Mike McGlinchey go off and you're just like, holy cow. But then he's going to have some mistakes. Um, and if you want to go back, oh, I should say this too. Because I took time off, I decided to tie, uh, pause all billing on um, the 49ers Rush Patreon page. So here's the deal. 
if you haven't subscribed to the Patreon, you can go do it right now for free. Um, all you got to do is sign up for the Frank Gore tier. It says it's $8 a month. Nobody is being billed this upcoming month. So you've got all through, <laughs> what is it, June? It's June 11th now through the rest of the month. You just go sign up. You'll click the $8 thing. It's not going to charge you. And then you have all three weeks, and it's free. It's going to be free. I'm not going to charge anybody this month. So essentially, you're going to have it all the way from June and July for free. So go check it out. You sign up for the $8 things, but the, the billing is paused, okay? Uh, so if you want to go through the hundreds of videos that I have on there, over 100 hours of video breakdowns from the season, players, all that kind of stuff, you can go do that now. So uh, just want to let you know again, there's going to be zero billing done, uh, and that's on me. Because I needed to step back and figure those things out, which I talked about earlier. But if you want that, you can go get that. that that's over there for you. And I want people to enjoy that. Uh, now, let's go continue going through the offensive line. Let's look at offensive guards. Okay. Lake and Tomlinson. And I got to warn you, it gets ugly quick. The NFC West is good at a lot of things, especially defense. Whenever we jump over to the defensive side, you're going to notice there's a lot of talent. There is a giant chasm <laughs> that just sucks in the interior offensive lines of the NFC West. There's nobody. There's nobody. There is no talent there. Um, all four of these teams have basically said we don't care about guard play. Um, we're going to focus on tackles, and that's all we really care about. So uh, trying to pick the offensive guards was just gross and wound up going with Lakin Tomlinson and Justin Pugh, um, who really hasn't played at all for the Cardinals, but he has had a lot of really good years. He's just injured all the time. So that's my first team. Second team, oh, there, there's nobody. <laughs> Most of the guards either left or they were so bad, like they were negative graded on everything. And so Mike Uapati, 49ers legend, and Daniel Brunskill are my best two guards that I could find for the second team Um all pro. So again, Lakin Thomas and Justin Pugh, first team. Then Mike Uapati and Daniel Brunskill, second team. Um, yeah, just gross. Just gross. That's that's all it is. Just gross. Um, now center again, nothing. I don't even think this guy's the best center on his own team. That's Western Richburg. I think Ben Garland's better, but you had to pick somebody. And Brian Allen, ugh, he's he made the second team. <laughs> So you look at strengths of this division, quarterback play. Nobody has a bad quarterback. Even if you don't like Jared Goff, he's not a bad quarterback. He's average at worst. Uh, he got his team to the Super Bowl just two short years ago. Um, running back, there's not really much there. Wide receiver, quarterbacks, off the charts. Um, offensive tackles, great. But there is a huge gap whenever you look at interior offensive line play. It's just not there. It's just not there at all. Uh, and so I think you, you kind of see – how do I say this? You kind of see that there's there's some issues with the way these teams are built because everybody builds their team to win their division. And offensively, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just got to say there's some major issues there. 
Um, now, before I move on to the defense, I, I want to stay with you guys. Uh, we're already at 25 minutes. Let's just keep rolling. I don't care how long this goes. Uh, I've missed talking with you guys. Hopefully, uh, you guys missed talking some football, too. If you have any questions, uh, go ahead and throw them up in the chat. Just make sure you tag me, whether you're on Hot Mic or whether you're on YouTube. Hit that like button um, and hit that share button. That helps us out a lot as well. So uh, before we move on, just want to say thank you to our sponsor, Bet Online. Um, here's the deal. There is no shortage of action going on uh, for our exclusive partners at betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back. BetOnline is the leading the way in the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, soccer. They've got everything. Plus simulated NFL, NBA, UFC simulations all day, every day on their website. There's so much to bet on. So if you want to bet on something besides sports, they have casino games, poker tournaments, prop bets. You can check out so much stuff over there. So visit betonline.ag. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE, no spaces, blue like the color, W-I-R-E. Um, and you get a free welcome bonus. So head over there, sign that up at blue. Uh, it's betonline.ag and use the promo code BLUEWIRE. Boom, thank you, betonline.ag. What's up, what's up? All right, let's jump over real quick to the defensive side. And this is much more fun, uh, much easier to <laughs> break down because the problem is almost the opposite of what you have with the offense. Instead of being like, gosh, I don't know who to put in here, it was a lot more, I have to find ways to get these guys in here. Um, so here we go. Defensive tackles. Let's start there. Go from the inside out. Uh, Aaron Donald, obviously, you, the argument could be made the best defensive player of our generation. And it is funny. You look back at his competition and what he's going against on the interior versus his division. He's not going against very good competition. Um, and so it's the chicken or the egg. Is the interior offensive line weak for the entire NFC West because Aaron Donald's there? Or is Aaron Donald so great because the interior is so bad? Or is it both? Uh, I think it's both, personally. Aaron Donald is just that good. Now, there were three defensive tackles that I struggled putting in that first team to start opposite him. Uh, obviously, this would have been DeForest Buckner. Um, those two were cemented there uh, for the past four years. But he's gone now. Michael Brockers jumps up and takes his spot and so you have these two interior guys and i know he plays some five tech and all that kind of stuff whatever but aaron donald and michael brockers as my two interior first teamers and second team goes to puna ford undrafted free agent um for the seattle seahawks he is just one of the best run stuffing defensive tackles and then after that i think it's got to be dj jones I really, really do. Uh, you want to put somebody in there, uh, you know, Ronald Blair, uh, Eric Armstead, if you want to count them inside. I don't. The majority of his snaps are outside, so I put them in that category. Uh, but there's not really a lot of top-tier talent there. And then if you look at the Cardinals, they do a little bit more of a 3-4, so that makes it a little bit murkier there as well because they really only have one true interior guy, and the rest all fall under DNs. Uh, so let's jump to the defensive ends. You know, this person was the runner-up for Defensive Player of the Year last year. Chandler Jones, I mean, dude goes off and almost gets 20 sacks. Had a hell of a year. Chandler Jones on the first team with none other than the Rookie of the Year, the number two overall pick, baby, Nick Bosa. And golly, I, I would put those two players up against anybody. I mean, they are phenomenal. You know, going back to, you know, I brought up how I'm redoing that draft. 
where everybody's deleted and you get to start your franchise. We're doing 30 rounds to build your roster. Nick Bosa went number number seven overall. And so it was nothing but quarterbacks. It was Aaron Donald and Nick Bosa. That's the top seven. I didn't get to pick them. I was picking four. I went to Sean Watson. I want to focus on quarterback. He fell to me at number four. Y'all can hate me about that, but that's okay. But it just goes to show you uh, Nick Bosa getting picked ahead of people like Von Miller, uh, Miles Garrett, all these other different players. He was the second defensive player taken after Aaron Donald. Um, the kid is going to be great. And, you know, I put up this poll on Twitter, I asked this, who is the most important 49er moving forward? And I didn't put a lot of caveats on it. I just wanted to see what they vote, what people would vote. And I gave three options, Nick Bosa, George Kittle, Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay. I did say, I just said again, the verbiage, who is the most important 49er moving forward? Jimmy Garoppolo won hands down 43 and percent, but I don't think he deserves it. I really don't. I want to say George Kittle, because I think George Kittle is so much better than anybody else at his position, but he doesn't play a premium position. So then I look at Nick Bosa, who I personally think is the most important 49ers moving forward because he plays a premium position and he's already after one year at the top of that position. Uh, now he might be tied, but he's in the elite tier period. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo quarterback is much more valuable than edge rusher. I get it. But I don't think he's at the top. You know, I have, you know, I did my rankings. I have, I have Jimmy Garoppolo in that nine to eleven quarterback range. Whereas Edge, I got Nick Bosa right at the top. I think it's Chandler Jones and Nick Bosa. Now Chandler Jones is much older, but I have those two guys right up there. Um, I disagree with the masses. I get it. Everybody wants to vote quarterback, and I don't think there's a problem with that. But Man, Nick Bosa, that dude, he is for real. Anyway, um, so that's my first team defensive ends. Chandler Jones, Nick Bosa, I think the strongest of the division by far position-wise. I, I, I think you got the number one and number two edge rushers right there. Uh, I think that's it. Now, the second team defensive ends, they're strong as well. Uh, and <laughs> some people might argue with me, and I, I hope that they do. Now, Jadavian Clowney wasn't in the mix he's not signed with the team uh, i don't think he would have made this anyway he's never had double digit sacks in his entire career uh, nobody wants to sign him anyway i went with two 49ers and so eric armstead and d ford i would take both of those guys over anybody else in this division outside of chandler jones which this is kind of the way in which the 49ers are built they've got three of the four edge players of the first and second all pro nfc west team so you got Chandler Jones from the Cardinals. The next three, Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, D. Ford. There's a reason why the 49ers defense is what it is, and that's it right there. That's it right there. Linebackers. Um, I went with the traditional set. Um, so I did three linebackers, and I did three corners just because I didn't want to leave anybody out. So I know the numbers don't work. That's okay. Don't hate me. All right, here we go. The first um, team NFC West All-Pro, Bobby Wagner, he's got to be on there. I know he had a super down year and missed a lot of tackles and was awful in coverage, but he is still an All-Pro. Uh, Fred Warner, he's you know he was so close to winning All-Pro, uh, but trust me, he's got to be on there next year. And then Dre Greenlaw. I, I don't see a way that Dre Greenlaw is not on there for what he did. Started every single game from week one to the Super Bowl and just got better. Um, I, I'm telling you, 
Drake Greenlaw, his potential can surpass that of Fred Warner. So the young tandem is there, and it's not going anywhere. Linebackers for the second all-pro team, KJ Wright. I know he's on his way out, uh, but he could still cover very well. I think Jordan Brooks is going to take some of his snaps. Jordan Hicks, I really, really like with the Cardinals, just a tackling machine. And Quan Alexander, um, again, you, you look at the front seven, the 49ers got it dominated. Um, all three linebackers of the first and second team, uh, there's some weaknesses there uh, across across the league. You know, you look at what the Rams did, they lost both their linebackers. Um, you know, they, they like to stay in the nickel set, and that, that's going to hurt them. The Rams have lost everybody. They've lost almost everybody, except for, let's go to the cornerback, and the reason why they lost everybody, Jalen Ramsey. Um, now, I did three corners on the first team as well. And I did not differentiate between nickel and outside, whatever. I just picked the best three corners. Jalen Ramsey, Richard Sherman, Patrick Peterson. And so you got Sherman and Patrick Peterson. They're long in the tooth for sure. But they're still playing at a high level. And you've got to keep them there. They deserved the respect to be there on the first team until they prove otherwise. Um, both of them had great years last year. And you could argue Richard Sherman had a better year than Jalen Ramsey um, last year. I, I think you could argue that. But that's the first team. Second team, a lot of talent here, actually. Kawan Williams, he's got to be on there. Shaquille Griffin and Troy Hill. Um, so, again, you're seeing the Rams kind of strengthen their team. They've got two solid corners, and they've got two solid defensive tackles. That's pretty much it. <laughs> they don't have anything else. But their defensive tackles and their corners are stout. Uh, now the safety position, I've got uh, first team, Quandre Diggs and Buda Baker. Um, and second team, Mr. Glass himself, Jimmy Ward, and Bradley McDougal. So the Seahawks kind of, man, they love safety play. They traded for Quandre Jiggs, absolute still of a trade. Bradley McDougal's up and down, but still a hell of a player. Um, and Jimmy Ward, you know, I think whenever he's on, he is just a very well-rounded safety that just cleans things up in the back end. He's not going to get interceptions. He's not going to get turnovers, but he doesn't miss tackles and is just consistent. Now, also got to do special teams real quick. Kicker Zane Gonzalez, first team Arizona Cardinals. Robbie Gold, uh, second team. And then punters, Michael Dixon, who I think is the best punter in the entire NFL for Seattle. And Johnny Heckler, uh, special teams ace for the Los Angeles Rams. He's going to be second team. Returners, Richie James, he was the first team punt returner. Um, had the most yards in the division last year. And JoJo Natson for the LA Rams second team. Kick returners, Farrell Cooper for Arizona first team. And Richie James again um, for this second team. He almost Those two were pretty close, but I gave the nod there to Farrell Cooper. So let's talk about this. Now let's break down what these numbers mean. Let, let's go through some totals, okay? If we just count who had the most first and second team nominations of all four teams. Let's do that. 49ers obviously clearly in front. Okay, they had 22. <laughs> Nine on offense, 10 on defense, and three on special teams. So you can kind of see it's pretty balanced. Nine offense, 10 defense. Now let's jump down to second place at Seattle with 13. Um, so 49ers 22, Seattle 13. Now you could say, oh, John, you just put all the 49ers in there that you like and love and all that stuff. That's fine. But from 22 to 13, um, you're going to have to move seven guys off there. And I didn't even get a count use check, who definitely would be first overall in the fullback category. But I didn't want to count that because some of the teams don't use fullbacks, whatever. 
Seattle at 13, six on offense, six on defense, one special teamer. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams, 11 total, five offense, four defense, two special teams. And Arizona, eight, two offense, four defense, two special teams. So you kind of get to see the difference there. Now, if we just pay attention to first team only, uh, 49ers have nine, four offense, four defense, one special team. Seattle has seven, four offense, two defense, one special teams. Rams have four, one offense, three defense. And the Cardinals actually have seven. So they just don't have any depth. They have a lot more than the Rams. Uh, they have two offense, three defense, and two special teams. So I don't know. I think it was a really fun exercise to kind of jump in there and just see a couple things and how it kind of works. Um, it's it's just kind of what it is. It's interesting to say the least. But uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed this. Uh, yeah, uh, Nick, uh, couple comments and questions I want to get through before we take off real quick. Jalen Hurd has been practicing with Jimmy Garoppolo. We have the film. We have the footage. We have the clips of that out there. That is great news. Now, Jalen Hurd has been out with uh, basically a broken back to say uh, he's got some issues. The fact that he is running routes here in June, that's great. How is, how is he going to hold up against contact? Now, we might not get to know that because, you know, with COVID and the delay and everything and all that, it weighs into that. But the fact that he is out there now practicing, at least running routes on air, is huge. Um, really, really excited about that. Um, yeah, uh, stay with Nick here. Uh, will D Ford be more impactful this season uh, after that knee surgery? You got to hope so. We don't need D Ford to be an every down player. What we need D Ford to do is get about 25 to 35 snaps a game, and that's it. We have our base D line. Um, we're going to be just fine. It's going to be on the edge. You've got Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead. In, in between the tackles, you've got DJ Jones, Javon Kinlaw, right? Those are our four. Now, when it's time to rush the passer, that's where D Ford comes in. You move Eric Armstead down, uh, you bring in. Guys like Solomon Thomas. Oh, I didn't want to say his name today. That's okay. Um, but you do that, and that's going to be fine. You don't need D Ford to be out there banging his body, you know, 40, 50 plays a game. He's 25, 35 plays a game. That's it. That's all you need. Every single third down. And just to get out there. So uh, if D Ford has a great season, the 49ers are going to go back to the Super Bowl, period. That's just all there is to it. Because he just changes how great this defense can be. Um, anyway, uh, from Travis, please tell everyone to calm down. Jimmy G was pretty good for the first full season as a starter. You're exactly correct. He has one full season, the exact same as Kyler Murray, and he got his team to the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, he overthrew the, pa the pass at the end of the Super Bowl to win it, but, um, he, he was on the, he was on pace to be the Super Bowl MVP. Uh, what was he? 18 for 22 passing, uh, before the fourth quarter, something like that. Like he just went, he had 11 straight pass completions. He was on fire. Um, then just things got ice cold and you can't blame it on Jimmy G defense gave up 21 points. Uh, I think that's kind of the, you know, in the, in the fourth quarter that has got to go on the defense as well. Um, anyway, contract talk. Oh man, this is going to be fun. Can the 49ers still be competitive if they pay Kittle close to 20 million a year? Well, you're going to have to pay him that much. Um, I think if you can get him for 18, that's going to be a steal at this point. The problem is, yes, you can. You can handle that. 
That's a, I mean, he's basically your wide receiver one. So if you look at wide receiver money, that's going to kind of fit that, which the 49ers don't pay anything to the wide receivers. They're all young draft picks. Kendrick Bourne, I think, is the <laughs> longest tenured uh, 49er wide receiver that we have, which is crazy. Uh, Travis Benjamin's older, but I don't even think he's going to make the team. You got to pay him. You got to pay him. Um, the salary cap next year is going to be gross. Because the salary cap is affected by revenue that is brought into the team, which if we're not going to have fans or limited fans or something along those lines, that's going to shrink that salary cap even more. So you have the salaries, which are ascending. They keep going up. But if the salary cap, which has always ascended with those, drops, it's going to be a problem. So here's what I keep saying, and you know, people could you know disagree with me. That's fine. Here's the issue. I don't think that George Kittle's going to get re-signed until things return to normal. I'm thinking like week four or five of the season. So is George Kittle going to be the guy, which it seems like he would be the guy, to practice and go through all these things and not hold out? I don't know. But I don't think a deal gets done before the season starts because there's too many questions. I don't think that the 49ers front office, Prague Morante, all those guys are going to be okay signing a 20-year deal, $20 million a year deal, which he probably does deserve if they know next year's salary cap is going to just drop. The floor is going to drop out of it because of the revenue. So once I think things get known a little bit more, they're going to take care of them. George Kittle's not playing anywhere else. You know, we had the DeForest Buckner thing, and I get that. And I, I, I said, I should probably go back and find the clip, but I said Eric Armstead is turning into a more important person to the 49ers because he plays multiple roles. Um, and the way that played out, take that for what you want, but uh, it is what it is. I think you can pay him. I think it's going to be hard to pay him, but you got to do it. He's the best, and he's young, and his best is ahead of him. He's played hurt. He's played through injuries. He's the vocal leader in and off the field. He's everything. Uh, you do what you got to do to get him. So this has been fun. Uh, I'm going to leave you guys now with the Countdown Crew outro just so you can figure out how to uh, win different prizes. Again, uh, Sergio, just want to say congrats again. Go ahead and message me so I can get you uh, your stuff sent to you. Just want to say thanks. It's great to be back. Love you guys. Uh, <laughs> if you haven't unfollowed yet, uh, just want to say thanks. And we will be back with you guys soon. All right, guys, just want to remind you of the Countdown Crew. Um, I am trying to find creative ways to give things away <laughs> to the loyal listeners that show up. Episode in, episode out, doesn't matter when it is. So here's the deal, guys. If you haven't participated in this before, here's what you do. When the countdown starts, okay, whether this is on YouTube, Hot Mic, Periscope, wherever, when the countdown is up, that first 30 seconds before the podcast starts, I need you to start lighting up those comments, okay? And what's going to happen at the end of every month, I'm going to keep track. Whoever gets the most and all those things, I'm going to pick one or two people. I'm going to be giving away T-shirts, uh, 49ers rush gear, stickers, uh, perhaps even uh, let you be jump on the pod, uh, tell people your story, how you became a 49ers fan, something along those lines. But the Countdown crew is huge. So again, for our live listeners, make sure you hit subscribe and that notification bell, wherever it is you listen. 
And again, that first 30 seconds, that's the countdown crew. I need you guys in there. I need you to bring in energy because I feed off that. And I think usually whenever we have shows with a lot of people on early, those are always my favorite uh, podcasts to do. So I need your help. Uh, the countdown crew, again, get some free stuff. And I'm going to be sending that out to you. For those of you that do listen traditional podcast ways, I understand you don't have a way to do that. Um, but I'm going to try to find some new creative ways to get you guys active in that as well. And again, I got I got a lot of stuff I got to give away. So help us out there. That is the Countdown Crew. Hopefully you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you guys so much. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.